Second of Kings. Second of Kings. Chapter 23. Verse 1 through 3. And when you have it, if you're physically able, be on your feet to show reverence to the word of God. Amen. Amen. I believe everyone in here. God has given them good health. God has prospered them. God has healed them. God has delivered them. God has set them free. And the only one that deserves all the honor and all the glory, it is Him that sits above. In Jesus' name, let us pray. Let, Let us read. Thank you, Jesus. Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah, and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which has been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word. We ask you, Lord, that your word be light in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can all be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. God is good. God is good. For the next couple of Sundays, the remaining Sundays of of, of 2019, we're going to be talking about worship. I believe that God is reintroducing worship to the church of the millennium. Yes. We have lost sight of true worship. Yes. We have got caught, we have gotten caught up in performance. We have got caught up in music, and we have lost the essence. We have lost the revelation. We have lost what true worship is. Amen. The Bible teaches us about a story of a young boy that at the age of eight years old, he became king of Judea. His father was removed by God and killed at the age of 24. His father was an evil king who reigned for two years. His grandfather was an evil king that reigned for 55 years. And God smoked both of them. In modern day terms, he killed them. These two kings were reigning in front of God's people, doing all kinds of things that we are doing today. They were involved in orgies. They were involved in paganism. They were involved in abortions. They were involved in you name it. And they got in the way from the ways of God. And here a boy at the age of eight years old, by the name of Josiah, takes over his father's kingdom. And at the age of 15, he decides to seek the God of David. At the age of 19, he
he decides to tear down every altar and every temple that was dedicated to every pagan god. And at the age of 25, he decides to rebuild the temple. And while they were rebuilding the temple, they find the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And here, as a young man, he finds out that God is to be honored and worshipped through a lifestyle and not a ritual. Amen. Many of us come to church as a ritual or a tradition. Many of us today have lost the sight of why we come to church in the first place. First of all, the Resurrection Center, this church, is not a social club. It's a house of God. Meaning that we experience the manifestation of God in this place like never before. Meaning that miracles should be a common thing. That liberations and separations is a common thing in this house. But in order for that to take place, we must place everything in order. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So King Josiah did all the things right in the sight of the Lord. Now doing the right thing in the sight of the Lord can be challenging in today's generation. You come to church and you often hear ministers giving a time frame to the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. If you want the Holy Spirit to move, forget about the time. Because the Holy Spirit needs time to deal with you. Why? Because what you have built in your life in the last couple of years or decades, it's not going to come out in a minute. It's going to take some time. Amen? And King Josiah discovers that when they were rebuilding the temple, that the articles, the scriptures were there, how to present yourself, and how to dedicate time to God, Yahweh, Elohim, El Shaddai. And here, King Josiah, at the age of 25, gather all the priests, all the prophets, all the elders, and assemble the people and said, we're going to read the scriptures, and we're going back to the way that God established the principles, how to worship him, and how to live for him. In order to live for God, the first thing that you have to do is renounce yourself. Now you might say, Pastor, what does that mean? Did you know that at one point or another you lost sight of life, that you became your own God? Many of the decisions that you're making today are not based on God. They're based on you. Based on your emotions, based on your feelings, based on your intellect. That's why there's many ministers in the kingdom of God looking for self-recognition, name recognition. They don't feel good if their names are not mentioned. They don't feel if they're a part of the church, if they're not involved. That is a spirit of wickedness and that's a spirit of adultery. That is a spirit of idolship because the only one that should get the credit, especially in this church, should be God, not me. Yes. And if you're worshiping me, let me tell you something. I'm knocking down that veil today because I'm not God. Amen. I am a son of God, yes. just like each and every one of you. Are you hearing what I'm yes. saying? 
So King Josiah was able to understand that when he got into the scriptures. Why? Because his father was no good. His father wasn't an example. His grandfather wasn't an example. And sometimes we as, as believers get caught up on following people who are not even close to God. They just seem like they are, but in reality they're not because we're not validating their word with God's word. We're seeing the actions, we're seeing the works, but we're not validating it to the word of God. Meaning that I have to take out time to study the scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to me, is this a man of God? Is this a woman of God? Is this the person that you have for me? Is this the church that you call me to be? And what is my role in the church? The churches today have turned into social clubs. Where people just socialize with one another. People don't know each other. Have you ever heard people say, oh, I go to church so-and-so. And so-and-so -and -so goes to that church. But I don't know so-and-so. That's not the church. The church of God should know everyone and everyone should know it. The church of God should be the body of Christ. Meaning when you're hurting, I'm hurting. When you're rejoicing, I'm rejoicing. But what are we seeing today? We are seeing a mess in the house of God because no one is stepping up and stepping out and saying, we must restore the house of God. And the real restoration takes place when someone takes the initiative to make it happen. Yes. That's why a true worshiper, you don't ask him to worship. They automatically worship. Yes. But what is worship? Worship is more than songs. Worship is more than words. Worship is a lifestyle. And King Josiah, at the age of eight, did not know that. He knew that when it was revealed to him at the age of 25, when he began to read and study the word of God. And he said, wait a minute, my actions are worship. My decisions are worship. My attitudes are worship. The way I do things, all of that talks about my God. Today, we only worship in church, but we don't worship in traffic. We don't worship at the grocery store. We don't worship when we're putting comments on social media that we shouldn't be putting or uploading things that we shouldn't be uploading or watching things that we shouldn't be watching. That's called worship. Everything about you speaks about you, even the things that are unseen, because God sees the things that men don't see. You can put up a show here, but God knows that you ain't the real deal. And the reason why we're not convicted, because nobody is telling us like it is. Everyone is bypassing all things. And before King Josiah came into play, that's what his father was doing. And that's what his grandfather was doing. They were playing a blind eye. And so God said, I'm smoking both of them. And I'm going to raise someone that's going to reestablish my kingdom and bring my people back to my presence. The presence of God is more than just butterflies or goosebumps. 
The presence of God is what transforms us and keeps us from the flames of hell. The presence of God changes the way we think, the way we talk, and the way that we act. Every time that God calls you, it's because he has something set for you. God doesn't need to call you twice to get your attention. God is not looking for sacrifice. He's looking for obedience. That I only speak to you once and you obey at the voice of my command. But if you are still debating and still fighting with God, what you're doing is bringing sacrifice. You're not acting in obedience. And sacrifice cannot get you into the presence of God. Obedience does. Obedience is to do what you don't want to do, but what's asked of you. That's what obedience is. Sacrifice is to do it and not be connected. You just want to do You just do it just so you don't have to hear someone's mouth. That's what sacrifice is. And there's a big difference. There are many in the church today sacrificing. That's why you don't see breakthrough in your life. Because God is not looking for sacrifice. He's looking for obedience. He's looking for people to believe him in the midst. In season and out of season. That's why many are presenting sacrifice unto the Lord. And they're not receiving the blessings from God. Because they are losing sight that God is looking for obedience. God is looking for people who are going to believe him. Regardless of what society is doing. And regardless of what's happening. Whatever is going on in your life. You're able to say, you know what God I know that you're in control. I know I'm not an accident. I know that I'm here for a reason. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to believe you. But many today are not doing that. What they're doing is sacrificing. And in return, they're not getting what they thought they were going to get. And that's why they leave church. Because the first thing that comes out of somebody that sacrificed, they talk about what they've done. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And God didn't do absolutely nothing. The reason why God didn't do absolutely nothing because your heart wasn't in the right place to begin with. Because when you obey God, you don't question God. When you obey God, you don't negotiate with him. I remember we were here yesterday, a group of us, we were cleaning the church. And we began to wipe down the chairs. Some were mopping, some were cleaning the windows and things of that nature. And the Holy Spirit ministered to me during that time. The Holy Spirit said to me, we are clean physically, but spiritually we're presenting. Amen. See the difference? We're presenting a clean place for God to dwell. God doesn't dwell in uncleanness. So if you got a mess going on in your life, you better start cleaning it up before God cleans you up. And how does God clean you up? When he exposes you. You don't want God to expose you. God is giving you an opportunity and his mercy and his grace is not to be taken lightly. In other words, if you're doing something that you ain't supposed to be doing, stop it. Stop it. Don't play with God. Don't come to church. Ask 
for prayer, receive prayer, and then you continue in that same pattern, behavior, lifestyle that you're living and thinking that you're manipulating God when God is not a God to be manipulated or be mocked or be dealt with because God is real. And God wants the best. God doesn't want to hurt nobody. God wants to bless everybody, but not everybody wants the true blessing. What people want is what they feel entitled to. And God is saying, I'm not seeking people who have an entitlement mentality. Have you ever met people like that? There's a lot of them in the kingdom of God. There are many today who are on the pulpits or a part of the leadership, or part of the, of the groups that are causing hindrance in the body. I've seen people, ministers, minister the presence of God, then leave service, and laugh about what God was doing. That's sad. Making fun of people that God has delivered by using them. That is sad. That's not of God. Amen. When someone is having a moment with God and the Spirit of the Lord is tossing them, you are to stay in reverence because God is doing something in that person's life. Yes. That's not a show for you to laugh at them because you up next. That's right. That's why when people are slain in the Spirit, you let them have their moment. You don't yes. know what they're going through, but God is doing something in them, and you don't talk about them, and you don't yes. mock them, and you don't make fun of them, because God does certain things in mysterious ways that the common mind doesn't understand. Yes, Jesus. One time I remember the Holy Spirit waking me up and said, I want you to put salt all over your property. I didn't understand, but I began to do it. I didn't know that the meaning of salt brings purification. Now, the common person or the common church goer wouldn't understand that. But somebody that's in obedience will understand it because they're saying, Abba, Papi, Daddy is telling me to do something because Abba, Papi, Daddy knows best. Yes. Amen. I don't know why I'm putting oil on my property. I don't know why I'm taking down pictures or taking down people's phone numbers. I don't yes. know why I'm separating myself. I don't know why I feel this way. But God is up to something. God is up to something. Don't ignore the ways of the Lord. But how can you know the ways of the Lord if you're not in his word? And that's what King Josiah was missing until he got to an age where he was physically mature to understand that the decision that he made at the age of 15 will forever change his destiny. At the age of 15, he decided to seek and learn about the God of David. Not the God of his father, not the God of his grandfather, but the one man who's known as a true worshiper in all of Israel, the second king, King David. And he says, I want to imitate King David. Imitate good fruit. Yes. Some of you are wishing, oh my God, I wish I looked as good as the pastor. Start imitating. And you're going to see. I only get a come home. That's it. Hallelujah. Holler back. Amen. I must not be trying that hard. Or you just got used to me. That's probably it, right? I just got used to it. Amen. 
But listen, his grandfather, Manasseh, ruled for 55 years. These people were doing things that you wouldn't even imagine were possible to do. They have brought the whole nation to a place where God was disgusted. And his father comes and follows right under the footsteps. And God said, okay, you have 55 years. You ain't going to have 55 years because I'm going to smoke you in two years because you continue to do the things that your father did. But I'm going to raise another one. And at the age of eight, King Josiah comes to reign. Meaning that God doesn't make an exception with ages. Ask an eight-year-old to worship God today in the church. Ask them. They'll download you a social media site and they'll do a fake profile, but they won't worship. You know why? Because they don't know what worship is because no one is showing them what worship is. You see, my mom used to teach me this way. You want, you have to do what I have asked you to do or you ain't going to get it. You see these kids in the store having tantrums because the mom won't buy them a popsicle. And the mom doesn't know any better. The father doesn't know any better. They don't negotiate with the son and the daughter. And they give them whatever they want. That's called manipulation. I remember this past summer we went to Six Flags. There was a, this mother. She had two kids with her. Her oldest son and the young one in the stroller. She had to negotiate with her older son to help her bring the stroller up the stairs. It took everything in me not to have a flashback from way back and say something. Because the first thing that I was going to say wasn't going to be nice. But I know that everybody today has one of those smartphones and y'all videotape half of what happened. Y'all probably see the part where I'm acting up a fool, but you didn't see what happened before that. So I said, let me keep myself with myself. But let me tell you something. She finally gave in to the young kid, and then the young kid did what the mom asked. I could only see what his future is going to be with his kids when he becomes an adult, if he ever grows up. But King Josiah didn't have any role models. He didn't have any living examples, but he made a decision. 2020 is right around the corner. You know that America will enter into 400 years. You know what happens in biblical times and in biblical prophecy every 400 years that a nation turns? God visits the iniquities. Many are excited for 2020. Many Christians are excited for 2020, but they have no idea what's coming their way. Because God is bringing just uh, judgment upon the nation. So in other words, if I was you, I better get it right now. Because I don't want to fall under that judgment. Now you might say, oh, pastor, you're always talking about that doom and this and that. Let me tell you something. If God wants to get your attention and he's been Mr. Nice Guy and he's been doing it the right way and you have not yet gave into it, then what do you think is God's next option? Read your word. 
That means a lot of lands are going to be dried up. Now you might say, oh, that sounds kind of cruel. But let me tell you something. If your job is keeping you from serving God, the job is gone. If your car, your house is the reason or the excuse why you ain't coming to church and playing your role, guess what? God is a master at cleaning up house. And that's what Josiah did. King Josiah rose up and at the age of 19, he said, we're going to clean up all the temples. And he went to the extreme that he said every false prophet, every false priest that is dead, that died before my time, that served Baal, I want you to take them out the grave and throw them in the water. And that's exactly what they did. They took the bones and they fed them to the dogs. He won no sight or no part of anyone that served any other God other than Yahweh before his time. And anyone that was in existence that or present serving any other God, they were removed from their place. Why? Because Josiah knew that if I get it right, it will be good for me in my house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to do public raids in your house. You say, public raids, Pastor? Are you crazy? You want everybody to see my dirt? No. I want everybody in the house to see what you're about to do. There's no secrets in our house. There ain't no Playboy magazines hidden. Jay-Z, Papa, G, Papa Jimmy, whoever. There ain't no, no tapes, no CDs, none of that garbage in our house. We don't play that stuff at home. Everything that's not of God is connected to another God. And that's why you want, why you can't sleep at night, why your kids are seeing things, why you're seeing things, why you're feeling some type of way, because someone has opened a door to a spirit that's using a human being to bring that influence into your house. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you you know, this is one of the most craziest and scariest generation because this generation is not like my generation when we were coming up. This generation thinks that bad is good and good is bad. It's okay to dress, for a man to dress like a woman in public. Back in the days when I was growing up, those people were in the closet. Now they're no longer in the closet. The church is in the closet and they're outside of the closet. We can't say anything because we're afraid that we're going to get sued or they're not going to like us. Well, too bad. My God is bigger than your God. That's right. We're not against homosexuals. We're not against people who are in sin. We're against those sins and we're against those things that are not of God. We are fighting spirits. We're not fighting human beings. Yeah. We are fighting the things that are operating through people. So it's not personal. We're just making it personal in the spiritual realm. Yes. There's a young lady by the name of Billy English or Irish who has over 25 million subscribers. She sings dark gothic music and our children are eating that up like candy. She talks about suicide. 
She talks about not living here on this earth and her kids are downloading all those images. Let me tell you something. When a child or a young person or someone that's innocent comes into contact into something that's diabolical, their future will not be the way God planned it to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes we don't check up on our children, what they're doing, what they're watching. You want to hear a fact? Porn sites are visited more than ESPN, CNN, Yahoo, Facebook in a month. 60 million views and the youngest to be reported at the age of eight years old. Our children are being exposed to hardcore pornography. Can you imagine an eight-year-old exposed to hardcore pornography? Their minds will never be the same. It will take some fasting some visuals to get those images and those demonic forces off of them. One of the biggest fetish, one of the biggest search today in the internet is abuse porn. Abuse porn is searched more than the NFL, than the NBA, and any sports venues that have to do with sports. Over 60 million views a day. What is abuse porn? Abuse porn is a human being torturing another human being. That's a fact. And what we're doing in church, we're singing songs. And fighting over chicken. And fighting who took my parking spot. And why so-and-so didn't look at me? And why so-and-so ain't here? And how come the pastor picked this person? And how come the pastor didn't pick me? Maybe it's because you ain't connected to begin with. Because when you have the Spirit of the Lord in you, you're easily influenced by the will of God, and you position yourself where God wants you. But when you have a hidden agenda and you want name recognition, you want to do everything, you want to walk the extra mile because you believe in your mind is going to build your legacy. No, you are a God yourself and you don't belong in the house of God to begin with. There's only one boss in this place and that's God. Pastor, why are you preaching this way? Because God is crying out. For the true worshipers. Those who want God. God is seeking people that are ready to break the routine. Who will get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, devil, not today. In this house. The devil's playing with many of us. And we're not hearing the voice of God. You think it's normal? For a human being to walk into a public place and shoot it up? That's not normal. That has become normal in America, but that's not normal. That's diabolical. How do you stop that? 
when the church gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning and they begin to intercede and pray and we begin to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this generation. When people will stand up in the White House and say, we are not for abortion. We are not for homosexuality. We are for God. But people are afraid they might not be liked or wanted. Well, let me tell you something. If that's you, shame on you. We want our kids to change, but we don't get involved. When was the last time you went to a parent and teacher conference? When was the last time you searched the engine of what your child is searching? No, the kids are upstairs. They're playing with their tablets. They ain't doing nothing. That's what you think. Before you know it, they're connecting to Abaduli Dali from somewhere up there in the Middle East. And next thing you know, they're blowing up a school. They're blowing up a, a place. And then you say, I didn't raise that little demon. That's not the little demon I raised. No, you didn't raise him. You're right. The devil raised him for you. Because you didn't take the opportunity to be the parent. There's no secrets in my house. My wife and my daughter to tell you that. As soon as I see a shadow, oh, oh, wait a minute. And Pastor Millie, who I'm afraid of in the spiritual realm, because, you know, between her and the Holy Spirit, I can't hide nothing. I can't even eat a cookie without feeling guilty. You know how when your wife is cooking and you sneak into the kitchen, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And you grab a leg or a wing, before it's rightly cooked and you try to like eat it as fast as you can, am I the only expert at doing that? Amen. And your wife tells you, did you touch? And you wiping your greasy lips and taking out the crumbs thinking that you're going to get away with it? That's how I feel in my house, but it feels good because I know that God means well and God wants the best. God wants to save you from the plans yes. of the devil. The devil doesn't want your children the way you want your children. The devil wants to destroy your children. The devil doesn't have the best interest for your children. He has the biggest plan of deception for your children. It is your responsibility yes. to raise your kids. It's not the church responsibility. It's not the school's responsibility. It is not the government's responsibility. It is your responsibility. Can I get an amen in the house of God? Amen. Give that a round of applause. Josiah rises up and breaks the curse. Now Josiah finally understood something. That worship is a matter of the heart. And the Bible says that the issues of life flow from where? From the heart. And the only one that can see the heart, it's God. I ask God to examine my heart daily. That I do things right. That I do them with the best attitude. Everything that you do speaks of you. Even when you're trickering other people into your trickeries. That speaks of you. Shortchanging people. Telling them that you want to pay them back when you want to pay them back. That's not of God. 
And if you in church and you still playing those games, shame on you. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything in between that is a lie and that's deception and that's off the devil. You can't, you can't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is building character in people because true worshipers have character. And character is defined on the principles that you stand on. You hear people validating other people. Oh, they got such a good spirit. They got good characters. They got a good character. How in the world can you value someone's character if you don't know what principles are? Principles is that you stand on something that you believe when people are watching you and when they're not watching you. That's principles. That builds your character. That you're the same person that you are when you're in public and outside of public. Imagine me preaching all this that I'm preaching right now. Then I leave church, right? And then I go home and I slap my wife. And then I smoke a cigarette right in front of Rebecca. And then I said, well, God understands. Next Sunday, he's going to forgive me. I won't be preaching right again. You know what I'm sending? I'm sending a message that will forever change their mindset of God because the man of God ain't even behaving like the man of God. The woman of God is not behaving like the woman of God. And we believe those lies because the father of deception, which is the devil, reigns in us and not God. How is it possible that people are struggling in church and you ain't doing absolutely nothing about it but gossiping? When was the last time you looked at your sister or your brother and you noticed something? Maybe you, you notice they're not wearing proper clothing or the closest state or they're not well maintained. When was the last time you said, you know what, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. I noticed that you, you, you've been coming to church in a spare, in a, on your spare wheel. How much is that? We're going to buy you a new tire. No, look at her. Brand new car. I told her not to buy it. And she got a donut on it. Watch, next thing you know, the tow truck is going to come and tow it because the bank is going to repo. That's God? That's God? That's God? That's not God. Even when you mess up, if you are a true believer in Christ, you will oversee the mistake and you will cover your brother and sister with mercy and love. Yes. That's God. That's God. Many people today don't know that God because they're not in relationship with that God. They're just fans of church, not the church. There's a big difference. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? We're living in a society today that's looking for men and women that will <laughs> hold their ground. I remember a young lady many years ago, she said, Pastor Jose, why is it that every time I see you, you always give me good advice? And I told her, because whatever you sow, you will reap one day. My daughter is going to get advice from someone else, and it's going to be good advice because I planted good advice in others, especially in strangers. How can I demand something from God that I ain't giving back? You see your brothers and sisters starving. And you got your whole refrigerator, and you so selfish that you know them cookies are going to expire next month, but you'd rather hold on to those cookies than bake those cookies or bake that bread and give it to your brother who's in need. Mm -hmm. 
That's how selfish people are today. Very selfish. You show up to places and you know you're going to meet with somebody and you show up with one cup. Thank God I married Pastor Millie. When I met Pastor Millie, I was so ghetto. I used to bring sodas to people's houses and bags of chips. And as soon as we were living, I was taking over, man. She said, you don't take that. You leave that there. I said, what up with my bubble coat? You brought that bubble coat. That bubble coat stays here. Don't bag of chips stay here. You have more at home. She spoke to me like that. She loved you. I didn't have no peace with me. <laughs> Amen. That's a true story. It's true. God used her to break that ghetto mentality that I had. Ratchet as it can be. And these people, before King Josiah, were that way. They were ratchet. Read the story. They were terrible. I mean, so bad they got smoked both of them. Now you gotta be evil for God to smoke you. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Read the story. You wanna learn something. Yes. Those that don't learn from history are condemned to repeat it. That's why you have to have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, God, for my car. Thank you, God, for my house. Thank you, God, that you know today's generation, they fighting over stuff, and in reality, they're missing out that God is blessing them. If you have two loaves of bread, and you ain't got no ham, and you ain't got no cheese, thank God for that bread, because there's someone across the world that ain't got no bread. I don't eat that. I don't eat that. Santo. These kids today, you drive around the whole city because they don't eat this, they don't eat that. Janet, when we were growing up, you grab yourself a spoon. You grab that government peanut butter. That peanut butter had no chance to stand, no chance. When hungry people were around, we licked that jar until there was no more peanut butter. Am I the only one? We licked the side right off of it. What was that brand that came out? I don't know. I know it was good. I mean, we make things happen. We recycled everything. When people, my friends used to come over. You know those, those aluminum cans of spaghetti? Those were cups. Take the label off of them. They were ashtrays. And if we didn't have no toys, there were telephones. Look at what we have today. We don't function if we don't have it. We can't make it happen. We can't make it happen. Everything that you, everything that you went through, everything that God brought you through, and now that you're in the glory, you lost sight of where you came from. I don't need a cup of coffee to worship God. There's people that wake up in the morning. 
Well, not until I have my cup of coffee. Not until, let me tell you something. And how day none of that? Ministers, if I don't have AC in my room, if I don't have my water room temperature, I ain't ministry. Well, thank you, because we don't need you. What happened to the ministers that stayed in the church overnight sleeping because there wasn't no hotel abilities? Ministers that want people that actually care about delivering God's word. Now we have a bunch of superstars in the kingdom of God. A bunch of prima donnas. I don't go there because the sound ain't right. Well, don't come. <laughs> Hallelujah, holla back. Bye-bye. Mm. Oh, they need to pick me up in a black car. Let me tell you something. The next time somebody tells me that, I swear to you, I'm going to go get me a bike. And I'm going to go pick them up in a bike. <laughs> we promise. We promise. What am I supposed to fit? Let me go grab a basket. I'll put you in the basket. I eat tea. <laughs> exactly, you, because you're out of this world. <laughs> We're almost there. How close? Ten days from now. <laughs> when King Josiah began to read the scripture, he came across the story of the Israelites. Now the Israelites walked the land step by step, mile by mile. The land that God swore onto them, they walked it. It cost them everything. That's why that land is so precious. Because men and women gave their lives for the land of Israel. If it's costing you something, it's because it's worth something. If it ain't costing you nothing, then it ain't worth nothing. If you have a woman of God, appreciate her. Because let me tell you something, the way today's generation is, the next woman you might get because you want to replace the woman of God for somebody else, let me tell you something, you might end up in Jerry Springer or one of these shows trying to figure out who's the daddy. We complain and we don't give God thanks. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my daughter. I thank God for my car. I know it has a lot of miles, but it's okay. It takes me from A to B. And just in case if it just comes apart while I'm driving, I'll just call the 1-800 number and they send a tow truck. And she go rescue me, I'll get a rental. But no, we complain about everything. Oh no, this job, this job. The job that you're complaining about, someone else is in need of it. The house that you're complaining about, someone else is in need of it. The plate of food that you're complaining about, there's someone else in need of it. Yes. Appreciate. 2020, you're going to see, I promise you this, a bunch of ungrateful worshipers coming to the Resurrection Center looking for one thing only, a handout. And we ain't going to give it to them because they're going to learn how to worship God in spirit and truth. Because when we exa examine them and we show them who God really is, they're not just going to come for the blessing. They're going to come and make residence in the house of God. Yes. Amen. 
That's why a lot of people only come to church when it's convenient. They're having marital problems, let's go to church. I lost my job, let's go to church. And the full minister's blessing them instead of correcting them, instead of confronting them. Just because God gives you a blessing doesn't give you the right to use that blessing for your own advantage. Yes. Remember where you got it. God will not be mocked. God is a God of love. God is a God of mercy. But he's also a God of wrath. Don't you ever forget that. Because God ain't your next door neighbor. God is the God that sees all and knows all. And God is calling his people to true repentance. There are people coming to church thinking about the sports event. Thinking about the football game. Thinking about all of this. But when they're in trouble, they want God to run into their aid. And let me tell you something. We have gave a bad interpretation of who God is because the God that we serve is a God of patience, meaning that we are to be patient. Everything that I obtained in life took time, but it worked as patience to its perfect will. Amen. I didn't become the man that I am today overnight. That didn't happen just in pipe, microwave, pop, here we go. No, 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 none of that. It took some time. God had to take his hands and put his love in my wounds, shake me, mold me, put me in the fire, take me out. I wasn't ready yet. Threw me, put me in there for some more flour. You know how you women do when y'all cooking? Y'all take that big cuchara. They be like, taste it, taste it. You burning your lips, you burning your tongue. I I'm dying! Oh, you don't like my food? Let me start all over again. That's how they behave. But that's someone that cares about what they're giving to others. You'd be surprised the generation of today don't even know how to boil an egg. But they want boyfriend and girlfriend. I want you to meet my boyfriend. Who? I want you to meet my girlfriend. Who? None of our youth in this church is going to be dating nobody. You're going to be dating the person that God has for you. And that person has to meet with me. I'm not going to let my girls and my guys here in this church just run away with people. Nah, that ain't going to happen. So when, when, when little Billy says to you Monday in school, Hey, I want to be your boyfriend. You're going to say, you have to meet Pastor Jose Martinez. Me <laughs> too. And Pastor Millie. And if they don't know who we are, I'm going to send you a picture. I'm going to take a selfie of me. And you're going to put it up in your front of your show. And the first picture they're going to see of me is me with a knife in my mouth. <laughs> And they're going to say, that, that's Pastor Jose? Yeah, that's crazy, Pastor. So you better be right. Well, he got a knife in his mouth because he's going to circumcise anybody that comes my way. That's what he's told me. Uh -oh. Hallelujah. You see how little Billy is going to take up leaving. You know why? Because our daughters are not prostitutes. Amen. Our 
children here. I know hoodlums. Got kingdom children. Over my dead body. The only boyfriend that my daughter is allowed to date is going to be the man that God has for her. They ain't going to be dating around. They ain't going to be no sleeping around. Not as long as I'm breathing. And I plan to be here a long time. I ain't dying anytime soon. Even if I have to come back reincarnated. I'm coming back. You should see how some of these youth respond to me. There's a youth in this church that says, Pastor, every time you look at me, it looks like you're looking into my soul. I say, you're right. <laughs> That's how you know a real father that doesn't see the outer appearance but sees the inner appearance. That's how you know you got a good pastor, somebody that sees your soul, somebody that when you come around, you got to make sure that you live it right because you know you're going to pull it out. Now you ain't got those kind of pastors. You got them shake and bake pastors. Oh, everything's good. Keep keep worshiping God and the roof is falling. And the roof is caving in. And God is going to know. I want the ministers that stand up that when they find out there's trouble going on in people's houses, they look at the husband and say, yo, what's up? What happened to those pastors? You know, I don't preach in no other church unless I see the pastor's wife. Now you might say, why is that? Because the wife is a representation of the house. So if he's in order, his wife it's on point. Amen. He can't be the superstar. His wife is all abandoned. So I, I looked at this pastor and I said, before I get in the altar with your wife, he said, she's right there. I said, no, she sits up here with you. He had some other guy sitting with him in the altar. I said, let me tell you something. He's going to leave you. She's never going to leave you. You go sit over there. The guy got mad. sit over there. He only lasted a month and left the church. But that's okay. But the wife and the husband stay. I said, let me look at your wife. Let me see your nails. I know your nails ain't done. See, you can ask Pastor Billy why her nails ain't done. It's because she don't want to. Get it right. So I take care of her. I tell her all the time to go do your No, no, nothing today. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with Clorox. That's her. I am Clorox. <laughs> <laughs> but you never see my wife or my daughter missing anything. How can a man leave God's house if he don't leave his own house? Amen. No, but he speaks so good. She speaks so good. They're good. Let me tell you, their report are in their house. Ask my neighbors who I am. They'll tell you who I am. My neighbors put up the music. At a certain time, they're supposed to be putting it out. I'm stepping out on the porch. Ask them. They'll tell you. And if they mess around, I'll pray. Next month, you see a U-Haul truck. Gone. Why? Because when you know who God is, the people around you respect you. Not because you're intimidating them. It's because the presence of God is so strong in your life that it's hard for them. The Bible says that when the apostles remain in the presence of God, fear came upon the people. You know what fear is in the Bible? Reverence. Today, there's no reverence for ministers. Why? Because the ministers are a bunch of clowns. People blowing smoke. They're, people ask me for permission for them to be dismissed to smoke a cigarette. That's reverence. 
They see something. They know that you are a man or a woman of God. Stop demanding what you ain't giving. If you want people to respect you in your workplace, start behaving like a child or a woman of God. Don't get caught up in the gossip. Don't get caught up in the drama. Don't get caught up in none of that. Get caught up in the things of God. You're going to see how people are going to start following you. Or people are going to start missing. They're just going to start leaving you. Why? Because they know there's something special about you. True worship is a lifestyle. And we're going to close with this. Don't get used to this. Me closing early. Why? Because when the Spirit of the Lord is upon the place, there's really no time to dictate what time is the Holy Spirit going to be over with. But I'm considering today's weather, and I know it's going to be snowing, and I want y'all to drive safe home, so I'm taking that under consideration. But let me tell you something. 2020, this church is going to be something different because Pastor Millie and I, alongside with the apostles and the leaders, are creating and demanding this to be our house of God. So I just want to give you the heads up. Next time you come to church, bring a sleeping bag. And some snacks. And some snacks. With an S. So that way, if I get hungry, you can give me something. I know some of you mothers got them bags packed for your kids. Add me a bag. I remember the other day, Pastor, I think it was Pastor Miller, Dr. Sue, one of them, said to me, that's Bella snack. I said, there ain't no snacks with no Bella. This is my snack. I'm hungry. <laughs> Don't deny your pastor. <laughs> this is holy ground you sow it into. Bella snacks. Please. Like Bella works. I just pick on Bella because she's my goddaughter. If I don't call on you, it's because you're not my godson or my goddaughter. You're just you're my spiritual son. And when I call on you, you know, nine out of ten times you're in trouble. <laughs> You hear people all the time, every time I call them. Ring, ring. Oh, Pastor. It's a struggle phone. How many they get excited? Reverence. Reverence. Amen. Amen. But let me tell you something. And we close with this. Our eight-year-old boy made a decision. An eight-year-old boy. How old are you? In the spiritual realm. Are you eight, 15, 19, or 25? Because at the age of 25, he experienced something that forever changed his life. And that was the word of God for the first time being read to him. Many of us have not yet experienced that because these Bibles have become... For many of us, something of luxury. You ever met people who leave their Bibles in their bags, in their cars? Or leave them in the church and don't even call to proclaim them? They come like a month later. They, Has anybody seen my Bible? Pastor, did somebody turn in my Bible? That right there speaks of your character. 
I don't throw out any Bibles. I got a lot of Bibles. Even when they break down, I still keep my duct tape. <laughs> but the word of God stays in my heart. I got about 40 plus Bibles. And some of them, I'm afraid to open up this one because pages are falling out. Because sometimes I just get hungry for his presence. I just want to eat and eat and eat. And, and some of them are, are just highlighted in notes and times, you name it. But your Bible speaks of you. How are you a Christian? You don't got a Bible. But you got that new game. You got that new iPhone. You got new pairs of shoes. You got light. You got hot water. But you ain't got the word of God that is able to save your soul. Get used to it, church. 2020, this is only the beginning. Come next week, as the weeks go by, as we get closer to 2020, all you're going to hear is worship. Because we're going to establish that. It's been established here in the Resurrection Center, but it's going to pour out. It's going to pour out. Then when people walk in through the door, the first thing they do is like, don't touch me. I want to worship. Don't touch me. I want to worship. I don't want to hear about pookie tookie. No, I just want to worship. That's the attitude of a true worshiper. Amen. That's why when they sing and I'm connected. Because I'm creating an atmosphere for myself for deliverance. Amen. I don't know why I picked up along the way. Some of the attitudes that we have today, we picked them along the way because we disconnect somewhere. That's That's very true. So get your sleeping bags. Intercessor, we're going to intercede here on a Friday night. I'm going to let you know the day. So husbands give in. Matter of fact, husband, bring the whole family. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. Yes. Then when we come out of this building, people are like, yo, damn, fire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's coming. We have youth summits that are coming. We are going to be investing in the youth in 2020 like you have no idea. These kids are going to become like bricks in this church. Look at that brick. That's a brick right there. That's a brick from the house of God. Don't mess around with her. You get black eyes in the spiritual realm. I don't want no hoodlum young man walking in here looking at our girls like he's ready to take them out. I pray that when he walks in through those doors, he's convicted with the presence of God. He says, oh, man, if I want that brick, I got to become a brick. Why bricks? Because bricks built stuff. And we're trying to build something here in the Resurrection Center. We're trying to build a house of God. And the house of God will stand forever. Be on your feet. Look at your neighbor and say, respect the process. Respect the process.